Hello and welcome to Beyond the Classroom, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of community college students, mentors, faculty, and staff. Each episode, we will have on a unique guest who will tell us about their story and how the community college experience has played into it. I'm your host, Caden Radford, and today we have a wonderful guest. Welcome to the show, Donald Ellington, who is the Department Chair for Manufacturing at Guilford Technical Community College. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into it. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, just to start off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and just the work that you do? You know, my name is Don Ellington. I just turned 50. Um, I have a three-year-old son. I was blessed at 47 to have a son. Um, I'm a department chair at Guilford Tech Community College uh, for welding, computer integrated machining and mechatronics. Mechatronics is uh, automated industrial systems. And um, I started off at the community college in welding. So I'm, I'm um, focused on welding. I'm a certified welding inspector or certified welding educator through the American Welding Society. Um, and community college was my, was my second educational pathway. I started uh, at, at Syracuse University in the SUNY College of Environmental Science and Forestry. And I um, received a bachelor's degree in uh, landscape architecture. So I've always had the creative um, building bug um, within me. My father was a carpenter, um, a master carpenter, and my, my mother was, a, was an educator. So it's funny how I'm kind of both. Um, I started my second career about 10 years after I, I had my first uh, career. Um, and then I, it took off from there. I, I went to the community college, um, I think in 2001. And I started uh, as a student in welding, took one welding course. Actually, I took an AutoCAD course because when I, when I was in landscape architecture school, we hand drafted. There was no AutoCAD until my senior year. And then senior year, we learned how to use AutoCAD, but I, I really wasn't good at it. So I came to North Carolina and I, I decided I wanted to upgrade my skills a little bit. And I said, well, where can I just go upgrade some the latest, greatest skills, right? Who should have that sort of asset for the community? And the answer was the community college. So I did come out to the community college. I met some uh, awesome instructors and had a great experience um, in three AutoCAD classes all the way through 3D here at GTCC. And every day while I was walking by the, the welding shop, the guys and the gals were coming out super dirty and sweaty, but they were all sitting next to each other and they would just arm in arm and they had these smiles on their faces. And I said, well, what are you guys doing? You know, and they said, well, we're, we're in welding class. And it just piqued my interest because I've always been a hands-on person um, as well as a designer. And it really was um, just something I was like, you know what, I'm going to try that. And now that I'm an instructor, you know, seeing what my pathway was, was very interesting because I came on the last hour of the last day of, of open registration. And I expected to get the classes that I wanted. And so the basic welding class was closed. And I said, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to waste my trip out here. Just, just get me into any welding class possible. And they said, well, all right, this one doesn't have a prereq on it. We'll put you in this class. So I showed up on the first day of class and the instructor looked at me, Mr. Andy Owens, who's my mentor and my really good friend. And he said, what are you doing here? These are second level classes. You know, you're really not supposed to be in here. I would recommend you drop it. And at that point I was like, oh, excuse me. You don't know who I am personally. You know, I take on a challenge and, and, and I really want, I want, really want to do that. So Throughout the semester, I just maybe I maybe I put more into it because he he told me that. But um, by the end of the semester, I had uh, achieved a pretty good level for my very first class, 
and at one point there was a, a student in the class that was having a trouble with something that I was really good at. So through some Boy Scout training and some other stuff like that that I've done where you kind of are a leader and you, you slowly get into it, I, I, I helped, I helped the, the student who was a peer to me. And afterwards, the, you know, Mr. Owens was like, well, God, you've made a big improvement. And the student said, well, you know, Don showed me something. And, you know, Mr. Owens wasn't mad at it. As long as we move forward in competency, he was fine with it. And um, he's, you know, at, at the end of the semester, he said, hey, would you maybe want to, you know, teach an adjunct course uh, for continuing education? Um, you don't need as many credentials and, and you've already got a bachelor's degree. So actually you meet the requirements, which most welders do not. And um, it was a nice, a nice introduction, but he handed me the syllabus and said, class starts at 6 p.m., have at it. Just, you know, show them, show them how to weld, you know, and um, luckily I got a little bit of natural teaching ability and, and um, a little bit of empathy. I can, I can sort of see, see if I'm reaching people and then maybe change it up for learning styles and stuff like that. So it was a pretty good fit. And then from there, I just went from uh, adjunct to uh, adjunct and a lab assistant and being a lab assistant was super valuable because I got, I got inside the program and I got to sweep the floors, so to speak. So I always find that when you get in there and you sweep the floors, you understand the business from the ground up. And that has really helped me be a, a department chair because there's no position in this, in this program that I haven't had and that I don't understand. And so, you know, and I still get out there on the floor and help sweep to help sweep it and organize and stuff like that, because that's that's essential to a program. But I've, I've come all the way up through the college. And so I have that that ability to be like sort of a secret shopper when it comes to student, the student viewpoint. And I'm not sure so sure many faculty at a community college have come through a community college and understand what it's like to be frustrated by registration to, you know, not have financial aid and have to work part time and have a broken down car and then still have to make it to class and have to juggle all these things. I, you know, sometimes I'm not sure if the, the upper administration has has had that so recently that they remember what it's like and that the expectation sometimes that we put on students, you know, is very difficult and that everybody needs TLC and just understanding. And so when it comes to um, my students, I try to really have this, you know, I'm gonna be your advocate and no matter what it takes, we're gonna get you through this because it's, it, it, you might want it to be a short-term plan, but I understand that life happens, especially to community college students and that we have to have as much grace and as much support as possible you know, um, of course, there is a line you have to draw as far as boundaries and you have a load to carry and I have a load, you know, that I want to help you with and you can't drop all that responsibility on me and I'm going to tell you exactly what that is and you've got to do that. And at the same time, sometimes it's hard. Maybe now is not the time. Maybe you need to get some stability and then come on back. But isn't community college kind of a catch 22 sometimes where in order to get the stability, you need a little bit more you know, hourly wage, but in order to get that hourly wage, you got to get some training. And so you need some sort of a miracle or an angel to come along and say, you know, here's your financial aid to get you through these first two semesters or something like that. And then, so there's all kinds of things that I just, you know, it's coming through and having that background. And um, it's just been so valuable to me as a department chair. Um, ultimately, what I do see though, is that the, that the community college system provides an incredible asset for people to change their lives, not only their lives, but their families' lives. Because the thing that I, the reason that I, I am inside of a department chair and not out there welding in industry where I could probably make more money is because of what I call the soul money that I get 
from teaching and from helping people because it may not be when they graduate, which, you know, I see them walk across the stage. That's just, it's just tearful for me when I see people really get it. But when they come back two years later with a brand new truck, a child in their hand, and they say, I've got a house that I'm paying for and welding or what are one of my other programs did this for me. And, you know, when I, I, you know, I, I remember when I pick up the phone for some people on their very first inquiry and they say, I'm interested in welding. And I can remember back in some cases, four or five years. And I could say, you know what? I remember when I talked to you on the phone five years ago, and now look at how far you've come and look at all these things, you know, and they thank me. And I'm like, you know, you can thank me because I set up the environment, but you're the one that, that, you know, picked up your bootstraps plenty of time and, and really made it through this. And so, you know, and, and at graduation, I love the families that come along because it's not just you that's succeeding. And it's not, you know, your support comes from many, many places when you're in community college. Your support comes from your family, your instructors, and all these things, and, and these wins that you get at graduation and, and when you get a job and, and buy a house. It really, it, it really is this giant, you know, the village really had a lot to do with that. And I love that aspect about, about community because life is so tough these days and divisive and, you know, you don't know what to believe in everything. But when you see a real a real change, a real transformation come over somebody because of, you know, what they did and then how the community has been set up by, you know, our politicians and our legislatures. And lately they've really given us a lot of support at the community college, especially the, the career technical. And I think that more people need to use that asset and that jewel that is there. We just need to communicate that it's here and that, you know, yeah, there's going to be some roadblocks. It's not streamlined and it's not like Burger King or the internet that, that, you, that you see where you get these results immediately. But the investment that you make day by day by day is a long-term investment and the payoff is going to be a larger payoff than something you're going to do that only takes a day. It, it's, it's going to take a while to get there, but these qualifications, you know, and, and the jobs that are out there that we talk about, these 50, 60, $70,000 salaries, they're real for young people. I had a 17 year old student that was still in high school through the career and college promise program, taking classes for free while still in high school, graduated with his diploma, couldn't go to, couldn't go to work because he was still 17, but the day he turned 18, he had a job waiting for him making $25 an hour. So, you know, that's there. And that's the top of the bell curve, but even the middle of the bell curve holds a lot for people at $15 an hour with benefits, which is usually what the lowest of what we're talking about for welding and, and especially for machining and mechatronics is higher than that. Um, you know, that's still a significant, you know, raise from what you would be doing at 18 or 19. And I tell people all the time, even if you don't want to be a career welder, just take a couple of welding courses and get that job that's going to get you through college at a higher rate. And maybe with some benefits and already starting to build your, your, your portfolios and stuff like that. Benefits are key. And so is um, building a resume in a professional way, because when you get up, you know, in your thirties and forties, you don't want to say, man, I missed a boat. And the only thing on my resume is, you know, uh, fast food when I, I could have reached for a different carrot. And I know that there's things out there in the community. It's just that I have to pull my own bootstraps up, make a plan and execute it. And I have to be motivated myself. You know, that motivation has to come from within. So you have to look for your own motivations in some ways. You know, when I get down and I start thinking about, gee, you know, 
work today is a four letter word, you know, then I look at the picture of my son, I look at the picture of my family, and I look at the picture of my faculty and all the other the students that I've had, and I look at a couple thank you cards that I've got from students, and it really, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm back at it, you know, I'm going back in the game, coach, and that, that kind of a thing is just like, you know, yeah, you might get knocked down for a second, but, you know, rest up, sit on the bench, and then come back in, and, and you've got to do that if you're going to succeed in life, especially at a community college level, because, um, you know, it's a struggle, and we know that. I mean, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That really resonates with me as someone who went to community college in order to go to university. So there really is a lot of opportunities for people of all ages going into the community college system for finding new opportunities and helping them get through different barriers in their life. And uh, you mentioned a couple of different barriers that community college students often face. Um, could you talk a little bit more about some of the barriers you faced in your own journey from being a community college student to becoming an instructor and just what are some of the resources you either had and was able were able to utilize or wish you had that could have helped you um, navigate the system a little better? I think um, my first barrier was was the the red tape of community college. All the steps that you have to take to get into college that that are not exciting are not are not answering your curiosity about education. It's your FAFSA, your residency, all these things. And then all of a sudden it doesn't go through and you had to wait three days because the, the slinky of delay in the, in, in, you know, the bureaucracy of, of giant systems is just unbelievable. And so you get so frustrated because it doesn't happen right now. And, you know, those things are like, can't I just come and give you my 200 hours and like show up to class, you know, like it used to be, you know, no, you can't. We get federal funding and that means we got to jump through all kinds of hoops. So you got to jump through hoops and those types of things. The red tape really can get um, to be, you know, frustrating so much so that you just give up, you know, and, and I've seen that with people. They just walk out so frustrated um, that, that it, you know, it's like you never even made it to the classroom, which is really where, where you get, you know, motivated. That's the first barrier that I saw. And, and to get through those barriers, I think a lot of a lot of students don't understand that you need some interaction and that there are success centers and their supports in place and you need to find a person. Right, that is going to take the time to help you personally that you that you stop becoming a number and they know your name and they can help you and there's always somebody at the college and if you don't find it at, at first go look somewhere else but it's it's usually in your program. And you need to do a little due diligence, find out the department chair's name through the catalog, find out one of the instructor's names and call them on the phone or email them, email them, right? Don't text them or show up. I mean, email them and say, look, I'm trying to connect. You know, can you give me more information? Maybe can I meet you? These types of things go in and, 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 you know, do your due diligence and meet the instructors and, and get somebody that, 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 that you can tell your story to, because once you tell your story to somebody, you're going to have connection. You're going to, you're not going to be a number anymore. And you're going to get through that barrier because I know all kinds of tips and tricks to get around all these things. And I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking any rules. I just know that within the system, there are ways to do things and to help people. Um, but you got to find these people and, that's tough for a, for a student coming into a, a new environment 
you know, to uh, find somebody. So that is something that, you know, maybe you just got to walk around campus or, or email a bunch of people in this different, in this different time and find out and find out who, who can support you. So that was the first barrier, the red tape. The second barrier was, you know, like I said, it's a catch 22. When I first entered college, I was sort of in between landscape architecture and, and, and welding. I hadn't, hadn't even started welding yet. And I was doing some, I fell back to bartending, which is something that I knew how to do. And I think a lot of kids could be on that fence in their early 20s where they've got these jobs that pay enough money to, 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 pay, to pay the bills, but that's all that it does. And you're not really looking, you know, it's fine for now because, yeah, I got enough money for my rent. I got enough money for some beer. You know, I'm on my own. I'm independent. I can pay for my car. And that that seems like it's it's enough. But it's like during this time, you still have energy. You still have curiosity. Even if it's just taking one community college at a time and taking a long term, long term plan, have a growth mindset that says, this is not going to be enough. This is going to, I, I'm going to reach for more and I'm going to do it while I'm young so I can start building my resume. I think that's a barrier in that a lot of people just, you know, they go for the, the they don't want to invest anything because what they have is enough. And it's like, yeah, but it's not going to be enough for forever. You know, especially when you get a family or you want to do some things in life, like, you know, tr travel the world or, 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 you know, some of these things, you're going to need more. And so never lose that growth mindset. I, I, you know, after I graduated from high school, I was like, man, I'm pretty tired of education, but I'm going right into college. And then I got done with college and I was like, man, I'm pretty, pretty tired of university. And I went right back into community college because I still hadn't sort of satisfied that curiosity to what do I really want to do? You know, something I'm totally happy at. And that's, you know, don't give up your dreams. Keep on going for it over and over and over again until you find a, a place where, you know, I like this job. As a matter of fact, I love it. And then that's why I do so. I, I think I do so well at it because when you love something, things are so much easier than when you go into a job and you say, man, I hate this every day. If you hate something every day, why are you still going? Well, I got to pay my bills and I got to feed my family. So you get, you get trapped because during your early years, you may have, you may have had what I call this lakeside pleasures mindset which is where you're going to take the easiest, the easiest thing every day. And you're never going to sacrifice something. You're going to have to sacrifice something. Someone's going to come off, have to come off the table in order for you to invest in your education, but you're not going to reach the top levels unless you're some sort of genius. Right. And even they are going to need education and support and mentorship and things like that. And it's not just about the education. It's about the people that you meet and, and the example that they set. And, and the networking that can happen while you're in a place like GTCC, um, you know, or any educational facility, it's just never, never lose that growth mindset, you know, even into your, your forties, fifties, and sixties, you know, I, I have people ask me about welding, you know, what kind of students do you have? I say 18 to 80. And that's totally true. And now it's 16 to 80 because we have, you know, high school kids coming in. It, I, anytime you're learning, it doesn't matter how old you are. Aren't you young again? You know, and so that's really, you know, when you come in here and you start learning things, you're refreshing your brain and it's, it's just this positive energy and, and it's this, this refreshment of yourself that says, you know, tomorrow could be new, you know, rather than I'm stuck in it, it's, it's, you, you got to put yourself in a, in a growth environment, like a community college where everybody is sort of like that. What I really loved about community college when I first got here, you know, back in 2001 was the positive, just 
you know, mentality that everybody had. Everybody was talking about the future. What job were they going to have? Where were they going to go? You know, what was out there? And that was different than what my bartending friends were talking about, you know, and, and that was, that was the difference, you know, bartending and stuff like that. Yeah. You can make a lot of money, but is it, is it really going to satisfy your curiosity and, and find some sort of natural talent in life? You know, that's really, you know, God given talent, whatever, whatever spiritual belief you have in, there's something inside you that you're better at and that you, that you can gravitate towards, you know, and find that. You know, and how do you find that? Take a couple courses out at community college, experiment a little bit, low stakes, one course here, one course there. You know, it's okay to have a long-term plan as long as you never lose that growth mindset. And, you know, when I see these, these mature people walking across the stage at graduation and their kids are cheering for them, holy cow, you know, what a difference there. You know, it, it's community colleges for everybody. It's not like, you know, I think university, you know, at, maybe at like 25 or 30, you're like, I don't belong here. This is kind of like, you know, for young kids, especially if you're living on campus, but community college isn't like that. I could walk out here right now and find some, some middle-aged people and, and, um, but they all have that youth within them because they're learning again. I just love it. You know? So those are some barriers. Some of the other barriers that I see in, in, in me and in my students, you know, are barriers, I guess we all got to deal with the fact that this college is almost in the suburbs and you got to drive here and the bus system stinks. So you're going to have to do what I used to do when I was a kid. Hey, where do you live? Can I give you a couple bucks for gas? You know, th those types of things, those types of relationships, you might have to think out of the box a little bit to, to make it happen. Um, transportation can become a barrier. So you need to, to network and, and, and create friends, um, you know, a backup plan. What happens when my truck is broke down? How do I get to school? You know, well, do I have another person that I that I also offer to ride to and, and we work together, you know, having a backup plan is, is important. Um, that's that was important. And financially, I was I, I didn't have enough money. I, I got my first semester start and second semester. I had to go to the instructor and say, man, I don't think I'm coming back because I don't have the four hundred fifty dollars because I wasn't uh, you know eligible for financial aid. I don't have the money and four hundred fifty dollars is cheap. Trust me um you know for a class but i didn't even have that you know and that's just like community college students you might you might have to make a choice between rent and your tuition and so i went to the instructor and i said you know what is what, what are my options and he says well there are uh, some scholarships and let's do some investigation and once again it was that it was that um networking and support that i found internally you know um by connecting and then, and then he knew some things and got me around and believe it or not, I got a foundation scholarship and they paid for that semester. And that one semester was enough to get me over the hump, you know, and then, and then I, I, I started really taking off from there and getting more stable and having a little bit of money in the, in the bank for a rainy day. You know, um, I think that there's a couple of really competencies that young people need, you know, some education. One of them is emotional, how to understand your emotions and not let them take you over. And also some financial education, which is when you get a, a little bit of money, the first thing you should do is not thinking about vacation or a giant bottle of liquor or something like this. It's put it in the bank so that you have a little bit for a rainy day because it's gonna come, uh, you know, and you're gonna need it like, like a thousand bucks. And I know that's like, you know, this guy's crazy. And it's like, you know, but $25 here and $50 there, you know, instead of going to a restaurant, maybe you eat at home, making better decisions, those types of things can really, and once you get it in the bank, then you can go back to your, your, your type of spending, but don't get into a hole. So don't 
don't let credit, you know, uh, you know, sort of get you into that hole. Don't let it get above a certain number that you can't manage. Cause mine got in, even in these days, mine got up to 3000, 4,000 bucks. And at the time I couldn't pay that back. So it took me, it took me a second job as a repossession man, which trust me, that was a very difficult job. Um, but I, I took that job and I paid it back because I realized I'm paying 300 bucks to this credit card company. And it's like taking a match to my $300 and that's a week's worth of work. I better get rid of this. I better get rid of that and then move forward. Uh, community colleges, you know, when you take a look at the return on investment, the fact that most of the time you can go to community college and you don't have to take out gigantic loans that are going to take you 10 years to pay back. Um, that's a gigantic benefit of community college. And oftentimes if you get a part-time job working one or two days a week, you could pay your tuition and have enough time to study and all those other kind of things. So um, you can get by the barriers, but they are certainly there. And I recognize them there in, in, in all the students, you know, they, they start a semester and then they disappear. They come back two years later. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of reasons, but it's just, it's just stay the course, have that growth mindset and realize there's going to be some bumps in the road and you're just going to have to, to get through them and, and use people and, and the village to help you. And I think that maybe in this day and age, with the, as much time as we spend on our phones, we forget that the village is there. And, and, and um, you know, one of the other challenges that I see is indeed that cell phone. And the fact of what it does to your brain, it makes people more depressed. It gives people more anxiety. They, you know, we can't interact with each other. And, you know, instead of studying for welding, you're sitting there playing a game and you're doing it in class. So it's almost like an addiction. You can't even stop yourself. It's really, really hard to get through these things. So, you know, one of my biggest pieces of advice is to my new students is leave your phone in your car and watch what it does to your brain. You won't be worried about it. It's not there. It's not taking a, you know, we're an electrochemical system. It's not taking up a chunk of your RAM. You know, what happens when you, you know, you got a computer and you turn on too many programs, it slows down. The same thing can happen to your brain. If you're worried about Facebook and what everybody's saying on it and, 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 and checking your email or what are texting every two minutes, you're not thinking about your, your investment. You're thinking about all these other things and you really need to just realize what some of these things are doing as far as, is it helping me or is it hurting me? And do I really need it? You know, uh, you know, I grew up in an age without personal computers. I was there when the Apple IIs and the Commodore 64s and all those things were just coming online. I went to computer camp when I was 14 years old and learned how to program. All it did was put L's down a line and you could ski a T down the middle of it. And you had to write the program 10, 20, 30. I went to computer camp. So I was there and you can live in a world without computers just fine. You know, we did it for a long time and now I'm even addicted to my phone. I threw my phone across the room the other day when I realized that my three-year-old son was sitting there wanting me to play with him. And I was sitting there on Facebook for no reason whatsoever, you know, understand these things and, and, and then invest in your education and your family and things like that. And, and just put the phone down, please. That's a, it's a huge barrier. And I don't think people realize it. I don't really think people realize it. It's, it's, it's that much of a barrier for us too, as instructors, it gets really frustrating. So there's a lot of barriers there. Um, and I feel for, I feel for people, you know, I recognize that, that it really can take you out of your game when you have so much stress on you. And it seems like, how can I possibly go to school when I can't even pay my rent or my lights are going off? You know, I mean, that does happen to a lot of kids and it's just like, man, just have faith, just have faith, you know, and, and 
And sooner or later, it's a roller coaster. You might be at the bottom right now, but just have faith. Sooner or later, you will be rising to the top again. And, and that's just life. It's a continual roller coaster. And just have faith that if you keep on investing and you keep on the course, things will happen. And, and you know, doors will open, people will notice you, and it will happen. And it's not going to happen, you know, overnight without investment. Thank you so much for your insights and your time today. Um, it's been great speaking with you and getting some advice for college students that might be just starting their educational journey. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. There you got it. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beyond the Classroom. And be sure to subscribe if you want to hear more stories, and leave a comment if you enjoyed today's episode. For more updates as the episodes come out, follow Awake58 on Twitter, at Awake58NC. Beyond the Classroom is made by me, Caden Radford. Now I'd like to thank Jim Hall for the song Trapped in the Upside Down from the Free Music Archive, and a big thanks to the Ed and C team for supporting this project. See you next time.